0: Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast to help us weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I thank you so much for taking some time out to spend with me today. We're now come to uh, episode 12 in season two, as we discuss the topic of weathering the storm by walking. Just to give you a quick recap of what we've been doing in this series, this is actually uh, part four of this series on walking. We began by discussing that we are uh, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, Ephesians 2 and verse 10. We then talked about the worthy walk from Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. Last week we discussed that we are to walk uh, in love, Ephesians 5, 2, and walk as children of light, Ephesians 5, 8. And today we come to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. So if you are listening and you're at a place where you can open up your Bible. We certainly encourage you to do that and join us in Ephesians chapter 5, 15 through 17 as we discuss the final walk in this series. With me the the past three episodes has been Jake Sutton, but he was unable to be with me today. And so I'm very excited that I have Brother Clint Joyner with me today. Clint is one of our deacons here at the Quitman Church of Christ and I'm just so very thankful for him and the encouragement and the example that he set before me. And at this time, I'm going to turn things over to Clint let him introduce himself. Drew, thank you so much for having me. Um, first of all,
1: Jake owes me a steak supper for <laughs> causing me to have to do this. <laughs> but yeah, I am Clint Joyner, uh, born and raised uh, 15 miles east of Quitman there in Valdosta, Georgia. Lifelong resident. i uh, been worshiping here in Quitman for, I think this is my seventh year here now. Um, me and my family, my two children. Um, I want to thank you for the opportunity uh, for more than one reason, but the main reason is, is during these days and times, uh, you know, I, I, I've been a Bible class teacher here at, at Quitman on Sunday mornings for the adults, and it's, it's, it's been tough because we haven't had to do, or we haven't had Bible classes, so mm-hmm. I'm catching myself not studying <laughs> the way that I need to study. OK, maybe I'm not walking in the light like I should when it comes to uh, grasping these scriptures and, and, and training myself. So I want to thank you for the invite because it calls me to sit down for several hours yesterday and to study this scripture. Right. And I thank you for this opportunity.
0: Well, brother, I appreciate you coming, especially on short notice. But I know you'd be the perfect one to look at this text with me. As I mentioned uh, to our audience, our listeners today, we are in Ephesians 5. I'd like to begin by reading this text, and then Clint and I are going to discuss this together. Again, hope you have your Bibles with you as we're going to break down this passage. Paul writing to these brethren says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And so, Clint, as we start to break this passage down, I want to notice that there's a word that describes this walk, and it's the word circumspectly. So I want to ask you, what does that word mean, and uh, what does it mean for us? You know, when I first saw that word,
1: Drew, I I didn't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a very um, wise man when it comes to the English language. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not at all. Uh, I speak South Georgian. there you go <laughs> so you know so my dad was an elder in the church for over 30 years, and I used to absolutely love to hear him preach the gospel yeah. because he had so much enthusiasm in his delivery, okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he always when he come across words like this, he would say, well let's turn to Mr. Webster. I'm like, well, who's Mr. Webster? (laughs) Well, he's speaking of the Webster's Dictionary. He loved to call it Mr. Webster. So I myself went to Mr. Webster, (laughs) and here's his definition. Careful to consider all circumstances, and watch this, and possible consequences. Mm. Now, I started digging into that. And I love when our Lord and Savior in in the New Testament, when he uses heavenly or earthly stories with heavenly meanings. That's right. Parables. Uh And I, too, like to speak in our terms and give an example. And I I got an example. You may laugh at the example, but I think (laughs) it will help us understand what this word means. So a man went down and he bought a new car. According to his monthly income... He had enough money to pay for all his bills plus this new car. So what happens? So two months later, his air condition in this house goes out. Mm. He gets a $1,500 bill for a new compressor. That put him behind on this car payment because he did not consider all circumstances that could happen to him. Mm. 45 days later, the car gets repoed. And his credit is ruined. Mm. You say, Clint, where are you going with this? You see, the guy did not consider all circumstances before he bought this car. And if you don't consider the circumstances, then you probably didn't consider all your consequences. Mm. You see, losing this car was not his only concern. He now has ruined credit and he has unneeded stress in his life. Mm. But Drew, this is just a temporary mistake. You see Paul here is telling us that we need to be Christ-like. Sure. And if we are not consider with all if we're not certain or careful to consider all our circumstances and possible consequences mm. and choose not to walk in the
0: way of the Lord, it will not be a temporary mistake. Wow, well that's a great illustration. And it reminds us, you talk about parables, Jesus talking about counting the cost. He talks about building the house. Who, who does, hey, we can build it, and it doesn't count, you know, can we actually do it? Or Absolutely. go out to war? Do we actually, can we actually win this battle? Absolutely. So you mentioned that, and that's a great thought there, is this idea of circumspectly is consider the consequences. Absolutely. and And every action has a consequence, either good or bad. Usually we say consequence, we think something negative. But... In this sense, that's exactly what Paul is saying. See then that you walk circumspect. Well, that forces us to go back in the context. He was just talking about walk as children of light. He said have, in verse 11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. All things that are exposed are made manifest by the light for whatever makes manifest is light. So based on that, he says, see then based on that, That you walk circumspectly, that you walk in such a way, like you just said, mindful of what this is going to do for me in the long run. Like you said, a temporary mistake or something that's eternal if we're not careful, if we're not walking the way the Lord would have us to walk. You know, my mind goes to 1 Peter 5, 8. You think about our adversary, the devil. (laughs) He's walking about like a roaring lion, seeking who may devour. So if he's walking about like that, we need to be walking about knowing he's out there absolutely and that's what it has to do with walking circumspectly first uh, john two fifteen through 17 when john says love not the world neither the things that are in the world all that's in the world lust of the flesh lust of the eyes pride of life these things are of the world not of god the world's passing away but those who do the will of god abide forever so at the end of the day that's what matters and if we're not careful living in this world will allow the world to live in us and as christians we we cannot allow that to happen because Satan, the way he works today, it's almost like a, a, a shotgun effect, if you will. It's not that he, he scopes in on one individual and says, I know you struggle with this. I'm going to hit you. It's almost like a shotgun. It's like, here's all this temptation. It's all around you. And James 1, 13 through 15 says, every man's tempted was drawn away of his own lust. And so something that tempts you might not tempt me. And that just means that we need to be careful in our walk. And I believe that's what Paul is saying when he says walk circumspectly. And what it means for us is that we, as you just said, we need to consider if I'm going to live this way, that's what the word walk means, my lifestyle, the way I carry myself. If I'm going to keep living this way, I need to make sure that I am mindful and think about the consequences, whether that's good or bad. So I appreciate you bringing that out and, and diving into that for us. In the second place, as we continue looking at this passage, he says, See then that you walk circumspectly. And then he adds this, Not as fools, but as wise. So there Paul makes a distinction between walking in a foolish way and walking in a wise way. And we know that this is not the only time in Scripture where this is found. And so, Clint, I want to ask you, what are some, some contrasts, maybe some illustrations in Scripture that show the difference between that which is foolish and that which is wise?
1: Drew, when I am trying to conduct a Bible study, which we all should be doing more of that, yes, sir. the very first passage that I like to go to is Galatians chapter 1. Yeah. I like to go there and, and when you open up the book of Galatians, you will quickly find out the reason why Paul wrote that great book. I mean, just as soon as he introduces himself, mm-hmm. just as soon as he gives all the glory to God, he starts to cut them. Yeah. He didn't worry about hurting their feelings. He said, I marvel. I am so surprised. I can't believe mm-hmm. that you have already turned from the Christ and went towards another gospel.
0: Yeah.
1: So, what does this have to do with not as fools but wise? Well, turn over to uh, Galatians 3 and let's look at verse 1. Okay. I want to read 1 three uh, through 3, or uh, through um, 3 1⁄2. Okay. O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, therefore whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? Or by hearing of faith, are you so foolish? Hmm. Paul says, you foolish Galatians. Hmm. Did he say this because the people were not smart? No. No. They were intelligent people, hmm. Drew. But the problem here, sir, is they lacked wisdom of the Scriptures. Right. And lacking wisdom of the, of
0: the Scriptures will cause a man to become foolish yes sir that's a perfect i've never made that connection before but that's exactly what happens he was blown away that they were already turning away you know to another gospel and then he says which is not another absolutely but but there's some who are perverting it and now there's this new gospel being preached out there and there's actually only one and so that's an awesome connection that you made they were foolish because we know that wisdom is the application of knowledge so to know what to do and not to do it would be foolish. <laughs> so they knew and the truth. It. Him that know if to do, that's to right. do it, not to him. Absolutely, James 4. And so that's a excellent point right there. And and that's what Paul is saying to him. Why would you? Why would you go back to that old law? Why would you go? Why would you go to any other system of faith, knowing there's only one? Right. And they had obeyed it. They were Christians. They had you know been uh, immersed into Christ for their mission of sins, and yet they were foolish because they're trying to go to something else. And that is a, an excellent comparison right there. My mind goes to Matthew chapter 7, the Sermon on the Mount. You think about Jesus. I love verse Verse 21 is one of my favorite verses. You know, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, but he who it's a does scary, the will. It's a scary verse. Too. It is scary. Uh, it's something that, you know, if, as Christians, we need to be mindful of. And if you're not a Christian, you certainly need to wake Absolutely. up and listen to that. Uh, You can say, Lord, Lord, all you want. You can say, I'm religious, I believe, but if you don't do the will of the Father, you will be lost. You will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. But he goes on, and we sing it to our children, I still sing it to mine, about the wise man. Yes, sir. Build his house on the rock. The foolish man built his house on the sand. What's the difference between the two of them? Well, the wise man heard what the Lord said, and he did it. But then what's interesting is the foolish man, he heard, but he didn't do it. So there's the contrast between being wise and being foolish. And so Paul says, walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. In other words, you walk applying that knowledge that God has revealed. God has revealed through his word how we are to live in this life. And so we need to make make sure that we're doing just that. We need to live in that right way. Don't walk as fools, walk as wise. I think about Proverbs 14.1 as well as 53, one. You know it's important when you find it twice in the same book. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And so that's what a fool does. A fool says there's no God, which means there's no consequences. Therefore, that person can't walk circumspectly, just like we discussed in the previous point. Uh, and also in Proverbs chapter 1, we won't take the time to read these, but my mind immediately goes to Proverbs when I think about wisdom. Uh, as well as james chapter 3 the wisdom from above the contrast between that and the wisdom from below but basically what we want to bring out from the scriptures here is that wisdom is when you apply the knowledge that you have from god's word into your life being foolish is not applying that and that's not to say it's that's a difference between being ignorant or something being ignorant of something means you just you've never been taught you don't know but being foolish is hearing it and knowing it and not doing it. And so Paul says, you know. And so don't walk as fools. You walk as wise. Any other thoughts that you have on, on that one?
1: No, I think you pretty much summed it all up, Drew. Um, we all definitely need to walk with wisdom. And you get wisdom through what? What?
0: That's right, through the Scriptures. Through the Scriptures <laughs> right. and studying the Scriptures. As a matter that's of fact, right. if I'm
1: not mistaken, somewhere in the in the New Testament, God says, if you want wisdom, what do you need to do? You need to ask of God. Ask for it.
0: Yep, that's right.
1: So I think every one of us in our prayer life, we need to remember that. Amen. If you don't ask for wisdom, you're not going to get it. That's a good point.
0: Absolutely. Pray for it. Absolutely. And so as we continue breaking down this this great passage in Ephesians 5, We've noticed that we are to walk circumspectly, which means mindfully in a careful, deliberate manner, thinking of the consequences, not as fools, but as wise. Again, applying what we have found in the Word of God to our everyday walks of life. But then we have this phrase, redeeming the time. So, Clint, I want to ask you, how would you describe or how would you define the phrase redeeming the time? And then I want to ask, how do we apply this to our lives?
1: Drew, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to pick the phone up, and I'm going to call Mr. Webster. (laughs) And when I make that phone call to him, I want you to do something for me. I want you to think about the first name that comes to your mind when I read the definition from Mr. Webster. All right. To purchase back, to ransom, to liberate or rescue from captivity or bondage. Are from any obligation or liability to suffer or to be forfeited, to rescue, to recover, to deliver from. That's Jesus <laughs> all day long. Every one of them. Wow. I think every one of your 7.3 million listeners out there today <laughs> yeah. would have already said the name Jesus. Right. So... How are we to redeem time as Paul told us in in Ephesians 5 16? See, this is where we need to be Christ like. See, we've already been redeemed. So, how do we redeem? Hmm. Well, we become Christ like, and we become like a redeemer for lost souls. Absolutely. Drew, I don't like to call myself a redeemer. Now, is there anything wrong with calling us a redeemer? I don't know. I personally don't like to call myself a redeemer because I believe there's only one true redeemer. Yeah. And that's Christ Himself. But I think we all should be workers for the true
0: redeemer. Amen. To that. Well said. And that's, that's exactly right. And that, that redeem, that buying back. In, in this very book, Ephesians 1 7, we were redeemed by the blood of Christ. That's a truth that we find all throughout the New Testament. And so summing up what you just said and perfectly stated that if we're going to redeem the time, we need to be like our Lord. What did he do? Well, he redeemed the time. Uh, Look at all he accomplished in just a little over three years. Uh, It's amazing. You know, thousands of years later, here we are talking about it, Uh, the impact he had on, on the world. Even people that don't believe, there's still the golden rule out there that people understand. There's still a good Samaritan law that's in place. Thinking about the teaching that he did, the good that he did, but Jesus on one occasion said, I must work the works of him who sent me. You know, the night's coming when no man can work. He had a sense of urgency about him, which means he redeemed the time. And so using that definition, redeeming the time means to buy it up, buying up opportunities to go- to do good and buying up opportunities to live your life to do the will of God. And that's exactly what Jesus teaches us to do. And and Paul through inspiration, is encouraging the brethren in Ephesus to do the same thing. And that's all characterizing this walking circumspectly. If you're going to walk circumspectly, then you must do so as, as a wise individual, not as a fool. How do you do that? What does it mean to walk in wisdom? To do so is to redeem the time. So I, I believe that's a great way to describe that. And really, every time that we read that from now on, when you see that word redeem, insert the name of Jesus, right? Absolutely. What did he do with his time? And again, that's what we need to do. So I appreciate you bringing that up. I had not made that connection. That's that's excellent. And so Paul is continuing to encourage these brethren. He says, I want you to walk in love, walk as children of light, and to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And how do you do this? By redeeming the time. But then he gives them a reason why. He explains why they need to redeem the time. And we have this phrase, because the days are evil. Clint, I want to take a step back maybe and just kind of look at our world right now, the current status of our world, not, you know, let alone the United States of America right now. But maybe for a moment, just discuss the world in which we live. Drew, the world we live in today.
1: We all think it's probably the worst times ever. But, I'm going to play a little game with you. All right. Okay? Okay. All right. I'm going to throw out some numbers at you. Okay. And I want to see if you can tell me what I'm talking about in in the Old Testament. Okay. 50. Five fewer Mm -hmm. than 50. 40? 30? 20? 10? Mm. What am I talking about? Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis chapter 19. He destroyed a whole city because Lot could not find ten righteous people.
0: Yeah.
1: As a matter of fact, that the Bible says that all the men of the city surrounded his house mm-hmm. because they wanted to know the angels that was in Lot's house. Yep, that's right. Look at Numbers 21. He sent snakes to bite his own people and to kill his own people. The own Israelites. Why? Because all they wanted to do was complain. Yep. Look at Numbers 26. When Elias' descendants, because of evil, fought against Moses and Aaron and ultimately fighting against God. So what did God do? He caused the ground to open up and swallow them. Yep. Exodus chapter 12. The killing of the firstborn because of evil. Leviticus chapter 2, or excuse me, Leviticus chapter 10, Nahab and Abihu. They were consumed. Why were they consumed? Because of evil. 2 Samuel 6, Uzzah. I've always felt bad for Uzzah. (laughs) I I, I do. I I really have because I truly believe in all my heart that he was wanting to protect that precious peace. But yet because of, I guess, evil? I don't, I don't know, but he reached out and God struck him dead because God said, "Don't touch it." That's right. Drew, my question to you is: all of these stories, do you know what they have in common? I know know just throwing off the cuff. I don't know if you have an answer for that. I'm not trying to stump you or anything like that.
0: I'll say they're all worse than the times we are now. Well,
1: (laughs) okay. I, considering all that. Well, yeah, <clears throat> I think so. But the times we live in and out, I mean, they're, they're somewhat the same. That these situations all have in common that I just said. That every one of these occurred before what? Before the death of Christ.
0: Yep, that's right. Now,
1: that God has sent His Son to this earth. He gave the most precious gift that man can ever have. Do you think his wrath will become less?
0: Mm. No way.
1: The problem is, Drew, in this world today, people don't understand the wrath of God right. because He doesn't show us every day.
0: Right.
1: Most people think that, that they all think that that um, God doesn't have a wrath; that God is all about love. Mm-hmm. But you've already said in Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But then also just down in Matthew 14, that's the one that scares me.
0: Yeah,
1: Narrow is the gate and and few there be that find it. Yeah. Drew, I've been to a lot of funerals. Members of the church and non-members of the church. Mm-hmm. And I had yet went to a funeral where the man or the woman did not go to heaven. Yeah, right. A direct... Contradictory of what of what Jesus says. Jesus says that vengeance will be mine. Thus saith the Lord in Romans twelve nineteen. Yeah, Drew, there's evil in the world today. Mm -hmm. There's been evil in this world ever since day one. That's right. But vengeance is going to be his. That's
0: right. Well, you brought up some excellent points, great passages. You just triggered a thought, a few thoughts really. I've been writing down over here Uh, the one about. No, Uzzah. He yeah. didn't do it after the due order. That shows how how serious God is about yes. doing things the way He's He's given us. We need to take heed to that in the New Testament today. Not adding to or taking away from what is revealed. Think about in the Book of Ecclesiastes. It says, because something is not carried out speedily, the wicked run to do evil. You know, you think about someone who commits murder. If it was an immediate, you know, consequence for that, maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they wouldn't do that. But if they get thirty or forty years to live. Now it's not as bad. right? What if sin was that way? What if the consequences for our sin happened immediately? We might cease to do it, <laughs> you know? Um, or you'd think twice about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, it's almost like we put it off. And like you just said, God's wrath is storing up. Uh, and it's very evident throughout scripture that there's going to come that day when it's going to be poured out. Uh, Romans eleven twenty two Behold the goodness and severity of God. Unfortunately, a lot of people, like you said, focus on the goodness of God, and that's wonderful. It the is. love of God, that's wonderful. But it's against his nature and his character to eliminate his severity as well and his, his divine justice. See, when we think about wrath, we think about an emotional response. But God's justice is not emotional. His wrath is not emotional. It's, it's, it's righteous. It's justified. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9 comes to mind as well. But I, I'm going to go back. You mentioned that Genesis, in the book of Genesis. Go back to the flood. Oh, boy. The thoughts of men's heart were only evil continually. You talk about how many people did you have? Eight souls. That's out it. Out
1: of how many people? Yeah. We don't know. We don't know.
0: But, but <laughs> regardless of the fact, there was millions. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And the percentage, I mean, just just to think, a handful of people in the entire world, you know, God was ready to wipe them out. It's, it's amazing to think about how how sin from the garden from that moment how it spread so rapidly to where every thought of men's heart so it's just devising to do evil all the time think about judges the period of the judges judges seventeen six, as well as twenty one twenty five, uh, the sad commentary on these people in those days there was no king in israel every man did that which was right in his own eyes and that's what we're seeing today in 2020 uh in the book of Isaiah, it talks about woe to those who call light darkness and darkness light. They call good evil and evil good. And, and that's what we're seeing. And Clint, I saw something the other day that struck me. Uh, this woman, I can't remember where. It might have been Seattle. <laughs> With all that's going on up there, I think that's what it was. She was going to be sworn into office. And instead of putting her hand on a Bible, she brought a Dr. Seuss book. Unbelievable. And she said, I have more faith in this Dr. Seuss book than that Bible. That's... But that's the, the climate, religiously speaking, that's around us. There, there's such an ignorance of the word of God. There's a, you know, Amos 8, 8 11, there's a famine in the land of the word of God today. Uh-huh. Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know, God's people still had that lack of knowledge. And so we live in this world right now, no doubt they're characterized as evil. Uh, when the murder of babies is trying to be approved, that's evil. And that's the, the days that we're in right now. And I believe what John said is is certainly applicable today. First John five nineteen, the whole world lies in wickedness. And so we as God's people, we're the remnant. There's always been a remnant of God's people. Uh, we have to make sure that we are walking circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise and redeeming the time because for this very reason, with all the evil that's going on, we don't want to be sucked into that. We're in the world, but we must not be of the world. And so that's what we find here. Because the days are evil, we kind of work backwards in the text. Because the days are evil, you need to redeem the time. How? Not as fools, but as wise. How do you do that? You walk circumspectly. And so we can go backwards and forward in this same text to arrive at that same truth. Seeing that with all that's going on in the world right now, we need to really make sure that we're living the way that God would have us to live. As we come to verse 17, we've looked at 15 and 16, and it, doesn't it amaze you how rich the Bible is? You can spend a whole day on one verse. Absolutely. We spent all this time, 30 minutes, on two verses. <laughs> but now we come to verse 17 as we begin to wind this episode down. Paul starts off with the word therefore. And as I, you know, every Bible student knows, when you see the word therefore, stop and say what it's there for. <laughs> it forces you to go back. Based on everything we've just discussed, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise. Okay, so what am I supposed to do if I'm not unwise, Paul? Understand what the will of the Lord is. Now that word understand doesn't simply carry the idea of just know what to do. But if I truly understand it, I'm gonna apply it to my life understand what the will of the Lord is. And so in view of the fact that the days are evil, in view of the fact that sin is all around us, you know, do not be unwise, but understand what the Lord, will of the Lord is. So Clint, I want to kind of throw this at you and get your thoughts on it. But I believe that verse teaches that everyone can understand God's will alike.
1: Drew, there is no question that everybody can understand what the will of the Lord is. Is right. and we can understand it alike, but the problem is, is when people look at that verse, they see it but understand what the wills uh, of the Lord is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Drew, I don't know about your God, but my God is not the author of confusion. That's right, First Corinthians 14 that's 33. That's right. So, if we understand the Word of God differently, it is not. God's fault.
0: That's
1: right. It's our fault. It's man's fault. That's right. But the problem today, Drew, is there are so many different faiths out there. Yeah. Different beliefs, different names, different ways to receive salvation. Some people say you can fall from grace. Some people say you can't. Some people say that baptism saves us. Some people say you don't have to worry about getting wet. Some people say all you have to do is believe. Yeah. Drew, there is no way we all can be right. That's right. So what do you do? You have to go back to Galatians chapter 1 yep. and start from there That's right. to know that there is only one way. Yep. And if somebody teaches you something else outside of this way, let them be accursed.
0: That's right.
1: Even if an angel come to you and teach you something different, mm-hmm. let that angel be accursed. Don't get mad at me for saying that. Get mad at Paul. (laughs) He was the one that was inspired by God and and wrote that. Ephesians 4, 5 says what? There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. Mm -hmm. Drew, we have to understand it alike. Because differences, both differences are not going to get
0: to heaven. That's right. Excellent point. You know, you triggered a thought once again you think about going back to the standard, right? There's a standard of that which is right. And by that, we can judge everything else. God's word is absolute truth, John seventeen seventeen. You know, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, 2 Timothy three sixteen. So what we have in the word of God is always right. Psalm 119, The sum of thy word is truth. Not some of it, but the sum, right? You add it all together. Totality. This is the totality, exactly. And so if somebody says something to you that doesn't line up with the Word of God, then you've got to reject it. You have to. You know? and Now, if it agrees with the Bible, accept it. And I try to make a practice when I preach to back up everything I say with a reference so you can go check it out for yourself. I don't want to ever say something and not have the backing of Scripture. That's not preaching. It's not biblical preaching. You don't have the authority to do that. No, I sure don't. I sure don't. I sure don't. If I come to somebody and says, you know, I don't believe you have to be baptized to be saved. I don't believe that. Well, regardless of what I say, it doesn't change what's in the book. You know, that Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. That's in there, Mark sixteen sixteen. Baptism does now also save us, First Peter three twenty one. That's in there. Except the man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Absolutely. And so, and that's the point is, You might have an idea, you might have this thought, you know, this novel thought, but if it doesn't line up with the word of God, we are to reject it. If it lines up with the word of God, we are to accept it because God is always right. His word is that standard. And so we can and must understand what the will of the Lord is. God has revealed to us all things uh, according to, to godliness, 2 Peter 1, 3, and so we have it. In the word, the word's here. It's been complete, uh, completed, it's been revealed. Jude 3, we are to earnestly contend for the faith, which is once and for all time delivered to the saints. We have it, and we can and we must understand it a lot. Clint, I'd like to read for us very quickly. Titus 2, 11 through 14. I believe this, this kind of sums up verse 17. Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Titus 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And what's the first word in verse 12? I always try to emphasize this when talking about the grace of God. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching. The grace of God teaches us. What does it teach us? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live, and he's going to give us three words, soberly, righteously, and godly. And then he says, in the present age. In this world, (laughs) with all the chaos and the evil that's going on, as Christians, we are to live soberly, righteously, and godly. Does that not describe what we have in Ephesians 5, 15-17? If I'm going to walk, live soberly, righteously, and godly, that would mean I'm walking circumspectly. That would mean I'm walking uh, in wisdom. That would mean I'm redeeming the time, trying to be more like my Lord. That's what we find in Titus 2, 11 through 14, teaching us that this is what you are to do. You're in the world, not of the world. Verse 13, looking for the blessed hope, glorious appearance of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might, here's your word, Clint, redeem us yes. from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. We as Christians are the people of God. We came to the same understanding that's been revealed in the word of God, what we must do to be saved. To hear the gospel, to believe it, to repent of sins, to confess with our mouth the deity of Christ, and to be immersed in water for the remission of our sins. And when we did that, the Lord added us to the church, Acts 2 47. And so upon our obedience to the gospel, we got into Christ, added to the body of Christ, we received the blessings from Christ. And now that changes the way we live. That in fact, that governs the way we live our lives. You know, we sing the song, I am mine no more. I've been bought by blood. I'm mine no more. I belong to Christ. You belong to Christ. We obeyed that same precious gospel. And so because of that, we have to watch the way we live our lives. We have to watch the way that we walk, our lifestyle. It's it's characterized by the fact that I am a Christian. And so I, I know I've said this multiple times today, but I want to say it again. We live in this world, but we must not live of this world. We must because the days are evil, redeem the time by walking in wisdom, by walking circumspectly, not being unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Clint, do you have any more thoughts on that before we close out today?
1: I don't, my friend. I just want to remind everybody of 2 Timothy 3.16. Yeah. That all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and proper for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, Thoroughly furnished through all good work. Absolutely. So Absolutely. the Bible basically says that we all can be complete. We all can be one if we would just open the scriptures and let it do the
0: talking for us. Absolutely. And you know, I, I once again, triggered a thought John 17 20, the Lord's Prayer. You know, when the Lord's praying for believers, he said, I don't pray for them alone, but for those who will believe on me, basically saying throughout the ages, those who believe on me, that they may be one. Absolutely. That we may be united. How can we possibly be united? Speak the same thing, be the same mind, same judgment, First Corinthians one ten. How can we do that? By going to the right standard. As you just mentioned, 2 Timothy 3.16, the scriptures, the word of God. And again, that was Paul who wrote that by inspiration as well. And so we've discussed, we've discussed a lot today from this text. I hope... To our listeners at home, if you've had your Bibles with you, that you've been able to dive into this with us. Ephesians 5:15 through 17, this this walk. And really this summarizes all that Paul has been saying to these brethren in Ephesus about their walk. Well, it's a working walk. It's a worthy walk. It's a wonderful walk because it's a lighted walk. You walk as children of light, but it's also a wise walk. And that's what we've discussed today. So Clint, now that we come to our, our final section, I've been doing this this season, I'd like to give our audience one practical tip or one if we could sum up everything we've said today in maybe one or two sentences, what would you want to leave with our audience? Well, Drew, I um I love to sing.
1: Um, I love good congregational singing. Yes, sir. As a matter of fact, I I, I like being back in the fellowship hall right now because yeah. <laughs> I guess the acoustics back there just really brings the singing um, to the next level, yes, if you allow me to say it. Yeah. There's also a song that I love to lead. As a matter of fact, you probably hear me lead this song probably <laughs>
0: more than all, but I yeah. love it. I yes, love sir.
1: the song. I love the way it sounds, but it's number uh, 599 in our songbook, and our songbook is called Praise for the Lord, but it's called Stepping in the Light. And if you don't, if we've got just a minute, I'd like to... Yes, sir. Okay. Trying to walk in the steps of the Savior, trying to follow our Savior and King, shaping our lives by His blessed example, happy, how happy the songs we bring, pressing more closely to Him who is leading when we are tempted to turn from the way, trusting in the arms that is strong to defend us, looking to Him for grace freely promised, Happy, how happy, our journey above. Trying to walk in the steps of the Savior, upward still upward will follow our guide. When we shall see him, the king in his beauty, happy, how happy, our place at his side. And I guess the most beautiful part of that whole song was the last part of the last verse. Mm -hmm. When we shall see him, the king in his beauty. Yeah. Drew, if I have... One piece of advice for everybody listening, that is keep stepping in the light. That's right. One day, if you will continue to step in that light, I didn't say it was going to be easy.
0: Right.
1: But one day you will be able to see the king in his beauty. There you go. Happy, how happy, a place at his side.
0: Amen. Amen. Well said. Well said. I would like to close by giving our audience this, this piece of advice. And this actually is not original with me. In fact, it's original with Peter who wrote this by inspiration. 1 Peter chapter 2, 21 through 24. For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps who committed no sin nor was deceit found in his mouth who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. As we think about walking circumspectly, as we think about redeeming the time, our ultimate goal is to be more and more like our Lord. And if we can do that, then we can be the kind of people that God wants us to be. But Clint, I appreciate so much your time, your Drew, study, effort. It was excellent. Drew, I thank you for your time, for the time
1: that you sit here and do this podcast and the things that you do for the Quitman Church of
0: Christ here in Quitman, Georgia. I am grateful. Well, Thank you very, very much. And we love we love to be here and just very, very thankful that God's opened up this door for us hope he'll continue to be with us. I think he probably will. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Well, to our listeners, thank you so much for listening today. And we hope that we have said something. We have presented something to you from the Word of God that will help you in some way to weather the storm. Thank you so much, and may God bless you.